Was that your stomach again? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely need some shimaho. You doing all right? <laughs> you going to make it? I hope so. <laughs> all righty. Um, okay, so we're going to start off this week with some red hot follow-up. Um, we've got a, a question from a, a, a listener by the name of Artie. Um, and he had an interesting question about uh, some some the differences kind of between the effects of some different kind of herbs. Um, Clark, you, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Okay, what did he say? Okay, um, do you want me to just read it? Read off the... the yeah, sure. Read off, why don't you read off his question? Cool. Um, he said, I wanted to know your guys' take on the claimed energy boost of Rosamonte. I found it to be overstated and no different than any typical Argentine mate. I've seen people swear by it and make comparisons to that of Canarias, and I just don't see it or feel it. Um, one observation of Rosamonte I had, I drank it out of a French press for a, for a while when I first introduced myself to mate. It seemed to create weaker slash more watery infusions in comparison to most other mates at the same herb water proportions, perhaps because it's less powdery. Um... I haven't really um, had a ton of experience with Rosamonte. I mean, I've in my entire life, I've bought one kilo for myself. And then we had an episode where we drank Rosamonte. Um, I feel like I get a pretty decent energy boost from it. Um, now, that being said, it depends on the rate that I drink it. Um, with Canadius, I, I feel the energy... If I drink it just nonstop, like like a liter or two within an hour kind of thing. Um, and that's kind of the same how I feel about Rosamonte. Otherwise, if I drink it and just kind of take my time with it, I don't feel too much. Um, so, yeah, I think it just all depends on um, kind of the size of gourd you're using and like your water temperatures and things like that. Now, referring to the um, French press... Um, you're talking about how it kind of made weaker infusions, um, maybe it had to do with herb water proportions, but, um, it just all really depends on how long you let it sit, um, and the water temperature. If you're, I, I, I don't know. I feel personally, if I'm doing French press, I need to have it a little bit hotter and then that will make the brew kind of brew a little quicker. Um, I prepared, uh, another kind of mate, uh, last night and it was a really leafy kind, but I did like the normal amount of, of herb, but a smaller amount of water and it made a really strong brew. So, uh, you should probably try that, um, give that a go and see how that goes, because I feel like that will give you a, definitely a lot stronger brew. It shouldn't be watery at all. Um, yeah, um, I, I kind of let Clark take that question because truth be told, I have a combination of a super high tolerance to caffeine combined with the fact that I've just drunk so much mate over the years that I really kind of just don't feel energy boosts anymore or perhaps ever just because I really do have such a high tolerance to caffeine. Even as a teenager before I started drinking mate, I never really drunk a lot of caffeine, um, you know, have like a a Mountain Dew here and there, like a, you know, drink like a Red Bull or something. And I, I don't know, I never really felt those effects. Um, 
So I, I just kind of felt like I, did, I really wasn't qualified, I guess, to uh, make any <laughs> observations about energy boosts. I, I have anecdotally noted, noticed, though, that a lot of people do kind of talk about Canarias being kind of the, the energy boost king. Um, I, so maybe maybe kind of if you want to go for the energy, maybe do just kind of rely on Canarias because Canarias is definitely potent and robust um, in flavor. Um, and people seem to like it a lot for the caffeine, for the energy boost that they get. Um, I personally like Rosamonte as well, um, just for the taste, though. So, like I said, I can't really make many observations about the energy. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, try try experimenting with maybe your water temperature or how, even how long you're letting it sit um, in the French mm-hmm. press. And make sure, you know, that you're uh, – that I, I've noticed – I don't French press um, mate very often, but the few times that I've done it, I have noticed that, like uh, – if, if you're not careful, the, the leaves can kind of just sit on top of the water and really not get like absorbed into it. So it's possible that you are, you know, letting it sit for a good long time, but uh, the, the vast majority of your leaf, um, your leaf mass isn't really getting absorbed by the water or getting wet. Um, so you're not really extracting much flavor. Um, that would be my guess, my two cents. Just make sure maybe you just stir it a little bit mm-hmm. um, just to make sure it really all gets incorporated into the water. Yeah, just let it sit a little longer than maybe than you would normally do for coffee or for other tea or something. I don't know. Like I said, I don't yeah. really do French press that often either. So um, I'm really not the person to be uh, answering the question. That's why I had Clark answer the question. But uh, yeah, so hopefully, yeah. Uh, Artie, um, hopefully that answered your question. Sorry that we uh, we just barely answered your question. You sent us that question several weeks ago, um, and it kind of slipped through the cracks. But uh, we are answering it now. Um, and we do yes. apologize. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Artie. Um, and hopefully that uh, will point you in the right direction on that. Okay. Um, that's pretty much uh, all the, the follow-up proper that we had um but we did want to talk about something that's kind of been in the news lately um this whole notion um this, this i think this happened about a month ago but we just thought we'd talk about it today um the idea that the that argentina has kind of registered registered almost like a trademark um yerba mate, argentine yerba mate yerba mate argentina um a lot of people kind of wondering, you know, oh, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean for mate? Ta, ta, ta. What is that? What is, you know, just wh- wh- what's the deal with that? Um, and I know a lot of people and a lot of news media outlets have been kind of drawing the comparison to like um, like champagne. For example, champagne, um, which is a sparkling white wine, is called champagne because it is produced in the Champagne region of France. Um there's a little fly flying around. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Need to get my electric racket. Um, and white sparkling wine that is produced outside of the Champagne region of France cannot legally be called Champagne because um, the, the the winemakers in Champagne have this sort of seal, sort of a trademark deal um, that prevents other places um, for, for, from calling it legally Champagne. So for example... Um, like there's uh, there's Prosecco. Prosecco is a sparkling wine that is very similar to Champagne, but it's produced in Italy. Um, so you can't call it Champagne, but it's Prosecco. Um, considering I don't drink wine, I seem to know more than I probably would would be would realize that I know. I guess. Well, uh, now I'm just rambling. Uh, what was I talking about? Champagne. Oh champagne, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. 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 So. so, so uh, and I also probably botched that whole thing. So if any, all you champagne connoisseurs, feel free to email me and correct me, and uh, I will pass that along. But anyways, yeah, so if you want to make sparkling white wine and call it champagne, you have to be 
in the Champagne region of France, and you have to follow kind of these strict um, standards um, of production that um, kind of, that kind of come with this registered seal that, that they're you know they're tr- they're basically trying to protect their let's say brand right they want champagne authentic champagne to be known as something that's high quality so people who want to make champagne they have to follow these strict quality constraints and such and such and standards to protect kind of the the uh, the integrity of the name champagne so basically Argentina wants to do that and I guess has done that um, with mate um, the herb that is grown in Argentina um, now the, the thing that I want to know is so does that mean like brands now will start carrying a seal on it because right now they don't say because I think they've trademarked like the term Mate Argentina like that is what they have registered yeah. yep but if you look at a package of Rosamonte or Amanda or Tarawi or Mañanitas or anything it doesn't say that in there on anywhere it doesn't say it it just says Industria Argentina, which just means in industry Argentine, Argentine industry made in Argentina, basically. Um, which, to my understanding, that is not what they have protected because, I mean, anything that is made in, in Argentina is Industria Argentina. But so I am under the impression then that going forward, um, these brands will start carrying the seal that says like genuine Argentine yerba mate. That's my understanding. I would assume so. Um, And I feel like... Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone. It was there, and then we lost it. Yeah. Um... (laughs) No, because... So that's what I'm wondering. So, like, are all of these companies down in Argentina, now that they have to kind of, like, jump through these hoops to sell... Or, or, like, are they still going to be able to sell their sherba, but, like, they just won't bear the seal, like, 100% authentic Argentine yerba mate? Like, are they, can they only sell their mate now if they get that seal? Like, I I guess I probably should have looked into it further. I, I read, like, a bunch of articles, like, news articles, but they didn't seem very, they didn't seem to talk about the, the, the details, really. Um, I need to track down, I guess, the uh, the official, like, Documents. documentation yeah. of it, yes. Um because it, it it all just seems a little confusing cuz um you know the whole the whole thing about champagne was that they wanted to distinguish you know champagne from other sparkling wines um and other people you know were making sparkling wines um and calling it champagne but they weren't following you know the certain standards and so the kind of the the region of champagne wanted to protect the integrity of the name champagne but i don't feel like I mean, I don't know. There's no one in, like, Bolivia growing mate and trying to sell it as Argentine mate, <laughs> trying to pass it off like, oh, yeah, this is a Argentine mate, you know? So I, I, yeah, I, I haven't really heard of anything like that. The one thing I have heard of is since, like, um, since it's now going to be a registered standardized seal um, that basically anyone, you know, who wants to sell mate as this kind of reg- under this registered seal that they're going to have to pass these quality um, standards. So I have heard that they kind of want to do it to kind of I don't know, make everyone step up their game, kind of the, the mate producers in Argentina, um, so that they can, you know, kind of protect the integrity of the name mate argentino. But um, at the same time, it's like, so if, you know, if, if Las Marias, um, I'm sure Las Marias will, but let's say Las Marias was like, no, we don't really care. We're just going to sell it. Like, can they just sell it as, you know, can they can, like, can they continue to sell Tarawi as just Tarawi? Sherba mate, Tarawi? That just happens to be Industria Argentina, you know? Like, maybe it doesn't bear the name Sherba Mate Argentina, but 
Yeah, may, yeah. I, I feel like maybe that would like distinguish like the better, more traditional brands from the others. Yeah, I, I don't know, because because I know they haven't they haven't started kind of like doing the registration for this yet. Like that's still kind of coming up in the months to come or the year to come. Um, so mm-hmm. nothing's really changed yet. But I, I'm really curious um, how this will all work. Maybe I'll look yeah. into it more before we do the next one, or I don't know. Oh, oh and another thing about that. Um, I remember reading that Yerba Mate Argentina would only ref- would refer to the the yerba that was grown in the northern two states, the northeastern two states of of Argentina, where pretty much all of their yerbas grown, mm-hmm. which is Misiones and the other one. I don't know. I don't know the name. Okay, I, yeah. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know the states of Argentina either. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there's like. In like the north eastern northeasternmost state, there's like Posadas and Obera, mm-hmm. where a lot of yerba is grown, um, Apostoles, and then there's Misiones with, uh, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I that's what I read. It's just the just those northern northeastern two states. That's that's what's going to be what, kind of registered. Yep. So if you don't I, grow mate in those northeastern two states, then you can't. Can't say it's Yerba Mate Argentina, but Argentina. I feel like not, uh, there's not really any brands that grow their shared about outside of those states. Yeah, so I, but, <laughs> but I mean, there's nothing preventing them from selling it. It's just going to be Yerba Mate that just happens to be Industria Argentina, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it, at the end of the day, certain brands are going to have a sticker on it. And that's that's pretty. I mean, us as consumers, that's pretty much. I feel like all that's going to really change. Um, I guess maybe some of your favorite brands may taste a little better or different if they are, you know, required to follow stricter quality control patterns, standards. But I really feel like at the end of the day, for us, the consumers, there's going to be a sticker now, <laughs> and maybe the price will go up, right? Yep. So watch out for that. I guess. Um, I know a lot of people in Brazil were like thinking like, oh no, like, are, are we not going to be able to call our erva mate erva mate? And like, no, you can still call it erva mate. It's just, you can't call it erva mate Argentina. You, which wouldn't even which make wouldn't sense, make sense if you're in Brazil. Yeah, but like a, a Brazilian would never want to sell their mate, their match, and say that it's Argentine. Oh, that would be blasphemy. Yeah, that would, that would, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Part of me is just like, who are they trying, are they like just trying to impress everyone? Like, but... Like they they keep saying, oh, we want to preserve the integrity. Like, preserve it from what? There's nothing. There's no one like, like I said, I don't know. There's no one really trying to muscle in, unless maybe there's this whole secret, you know, mate mafia going on where people in Chile are trying to grow mate and selling it on the side is mate argentino. I don't know. It yeah. just it just seems like a it just seems like they're trying to stick a feather in their cap. Um, yeah, and like I feel like which you, is fine, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Um, and even like the the American brands that sell mate, that's from Argentina, they would probably have to carry the same. I guess so. Yeah, sticker or seal or whatever. Well, I feel like I feel like even most of the American brands, their mate doesn't it, even come from Argentina. It mostly comes from Brazil. I feel like just just going through the list of American yeah, brands no, in my head. Yeah, I know. I know of two specific brands that have specific varieties yeah so you know. so i mean so mission by circular drink comes allegedly from argentina yeah um, um the, guayaki like mixes 
Oh yeah, that's true. Their their traditional is like a is like a blend of like mate from Paraguay, Argentina, Argentina and Brazil. They yeah, the true. whole shebang. True. So I guess that, uh, but they but they wouldn't be able to label that anyway because it's a mix anyway. Um, yeah. Scape Trader is solely from, from Argentina, Argentina. That's right. So they would probably yeah they would if, have if to follow that. If, if, I I guess, but that's that's the thing. Like if they don't. Can they, can they just not sell it, or can they they just can't claim that it's they genuine Argentine yerba mate? I don't know. I mean, because I mean, it says on their site like, like they you know it's Argentine yerba mate because that's all they sell. I yeah. mean, like that's the only kind of yerba they sell. So maybe they wouldn't be able to say it was from Argentina because <laughs> if, if they didn't have that, we sell one hundred percent genuine mate from a country that is between Uruguay and Chile. A little, long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, yeah, all the I don't. That, that's that's kind of the questions I had. Like, so you 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 stick a sticker on there. No, what? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I really don't know. So <laughs> that'll be interesting. Um, but we just we I just kind of realized that happened a couple of weeks ago. We had never talked about, it, and that's pretty big. I feel like new mate news doesn't really happen all that much. Yeah. So this was kind of a big news story. Um, so we thought we'd just talk about it, and uh, kind of left us. We've got more questions than answers, unfortunately, but uh. We'll probably do some more research, and if you guys out there happen to know more details than us, um, I'm sure we'll have some follow-up about it next week. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, speaking of Argentine yerba mate, we're going to talk about a brand of mate that is not Argentine today. Yes. <laughs> um, that is distinctly very much not Argentine. Today, we are going to be talking about um, and re- sort of reviewing my personal favorite, one of Clark's favorites. We're going to be talking about... Erva Machi Barangicotegipi Premium, or Barao Premium, if you, if that sounds more familiar to you. If you're a gringo. Yeah, which well, I guess we both are too. But, uh, yeah, we are. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Barao Premium. Um, Barao Premium comes in a wonderful cardboard box. <laughs> um, and inside that cardboard box, if you were to buy one, you would find a very, very solid aluminum brick because it does come vacuum sealed. Um, Barao Premium only comes vacuum sealed. Yes. Um, other varieties of Baron come not vacuum sealed and vacuum sealed. Baron Premium only comes vacuum sealed um, in a aluminum mylar looking metal looking bag. I don't know. And then they put that in the box and it's wonderful and it's delicious. And that is what we're drinking today right now. Yes, sir. So if you didn't already know, it's a Shimahong. And Shimahones come from Shimahones? Shimahoins? Shimahines? Shimahines? I think it's Shimahones. I think that is. The, I think it is. Yeah. If you don't know, there there are three ways. To, there, are, pluralization in Portuguese is really weird, um, especially if a word ends in own. It can be owns, it can be oins, or it can be eins. So yep. like like pão, one pão, two pines, <laughs> two pines, um, one cão, two cães, um, one limão, two limões, um, and then one shimahone, two shimahones. So. Yeah, that's your little Portuguese lesson for today. Um, so yeah, so yeah, Brazilian. Um, I, that's what we're trying to get at. It's Brazilian because it's Shimahong. Shimahong comes from Brazil, southern Brazil. Um, it is green and powdery with a good bit of stick. Um, Barão kind of has these sort of medium length, medium width stick. Um, they're pretty long. Like they're not like 
pencil length. They're about uh, between like half an inch and an inch long, which makes them, in my opinion, I kind of like that size because if you want to pick them out, you know, it's pretty easy to pick them out. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a good, it's a good, you know, ratio. Um, and it's quite tasty. Um, flavor profile. Um, what do you think, Clark? What, what do you think Badong tastes like? Badong premium, rather. Um, tastes very Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> That's really specific. Poise. <laughs> um, okay, let me get ahead of it so I can give you a, a, mm. a live um, let me, I'm, flavor. Let me, let me, let me finish. Yeah. The gourd. So sorry. No I, pressure. I gourd. We're drink. We're drinking from a pretty big gourd today. So uh, you kind of caught me off guard there. <laughs> takes <laughs> takes a little while to get through it. Okay, I'm done. All right, let me let me fill this up for you. How are you liking this gourd? I know you said you had never drunk out of this gourd before. I really like it. Um, it's one of my. It's one of my kind of more um, decorative quias. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very car, it's carved and it's, it's, it's a very thick porongo, very thick gourd. Yeah, it's um, pretty like, like hand feels like it's pretty big. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I have kind of small hands, so it's kind of hard to. I mean, it's not hard to hold on to it, but it's like it is bigger than, than yeah. most others. It's it's bigger, on it's bigger on the inside. It's a tardis. Um, it's it's pretty small on the outside, but it is pretty deep. Yeah. I don't know. I'll put a picture to the go- to the to this kuya um, in the show notes since you can't see it. But um, I really like the rim on it. It's it's yeah. sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. It, it ma- makes it really ideal for preparing shimaho. Yeah, I I like it a lot. I don't typically use it very often. I don't know why. Um, it's just kind of special, so I try not to use it too much so it doesn't wear out. Because um, kuyas do eventually wear out. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a soft, squishy plant matter. Uh, it's not going to last forever, um, which is the sad <laughs> truth. But if, if you take care of them, um, you can make kuyas last for a long time. Um, I have a kuya that's like forty years old. Um, so, I, I obviously I didn't I haven't been using it for the last forty years, and uh, I, I I suspect it wasn't used for most of its life. But you know, eh, that's one way to make your kuyas last a long time is keep them in a cool dry environment never use them never touch them <laughs> yep but then, I, actually, I actually have one that i got a few weeks ago that it will i'm i i swear it was made in the 70s or 80s yeah but it was that light cream like yellowish hue mm-hmm. like it had never been used ever yeah. and then like first like my first three uses it like absorbed all of the color and it's just green now nice it's, it's, <laughs> yeah but anyway, you're drinking the Baron Premium, so what, yeah. what, what about that flavor profile? It's really uh, really light floral, a uh, little, like a little nutty, mm-hmm. um, a little leafy because a few leaves get through. Yeah, it's part of the, it's part of the scene mm. when you don't use a filter. I don't use a filter usually on my, on my bombas or a, a camisinha. Camisinha, as they as they call it down in Brazil, but uh, don't don't tell your Brazilian friends that word because uh, they'll look at you funny. <laughs> but interesting, no, uh, no, no, all I can think of is camisinha jokes. Um, no, uh, the word when I drink Barão Premium, the word that I that comes to my mind is almost like vegetal. Um, just from drinking, I've been drinking other shimahong lately. Um, shimahong from Santa Catarina, um, 
like brands from Santa Catarina and uh Barong tastes a lot more herbaceous to me. Barong is a lot more. Barong premium is a lot more, like I said, kind of vegetal, kind of just tastes green. Um, and it is, it's it's very smooth. It is very creamy. Um, there's another line of product in the Barong family, the Barong Produto Nativo, native product. Um, and I feel like that one is a lot more just kind of, I don't know, It's 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 got a lot more kind of grassy tones. Where I feel like Barong Premium doesn't really have much grass to it. It's more like vegetal. It's more kind of deep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. The other day when I was drinking it, I just started. Sorry. I just realized this um, <laughs> came to mind. Um, it was really earthy. It was like right, yeah. really like deep flavor. It just like depends on the like my, the Kuya I was using. Mm-hmm. I've used a lot of Barong Premium in that one. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a lot of those earthy deep tones were coming out. So, yes. Sorry to cut you no, off, you're good. No, was... you're good. Yeah, I mean, and I actually I haven't drunk Barong Premium in a couple of months. Um, just that's just the way my my rotation is right now. And I've I just got a whole bunch of uh, Erva from companies from San, Santa Catarina. Um, so I've been drinking that, and I, and Ervas from Santa Catarina all kind of have this very distinct flavor profile. And I feel like Ervas from uh, companies from Rio Grande do Sul all have kind of a very distinct profile because um you know just because a, a company could be based in Rio Grande do Sul, but they might, you know, base, they might source their ervas from Paraná or Rio Grande do Sul or other places in Brazil. But I feel like even though, you know, the, the erva comes from different places, just the, the method of processing and everything kind of gives it a very similar profile because all of the companies kind of in Santa Catarina, I don't know where they all source their erva from, but they all kind of have this sort of Santa Catarina-ness to them. Yeah. Um, that's we can talk about it on another episode, but um, I really like Barón Premium c- compared to the Barón Nachivo just because it has that kind of deep, earthy, vegetal flavor, whereas the Barón Nachivo is more grassy, more bright. Um, mm-hmm. And Barón Premium yeah. to me is just kind of like this warm, earthy, dark much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I really like how like they do a really good job at making a very consistent leaf cut. Yeah. Like there's other brands that will just be kind of like small pieces, slightly larger pieces, like occasionally whole leaves, like not whole leaves, but you know, mm-hmm. um, but this one, no, it's really like, it's pretty fine all the way through. Yeah. Like not really much variance. Sure. And that, that's kind of what I prefer when I drink Shimaho. Something yeah. that's really consistent and, and uh, speaking of consistent, I mean, I've been drinking Barong for about five years now, basically, and it's pretty much always tasted the same to me. Um, so that's kind of, I like an erva or a sherba that's consistent, you know, from package to package to package. I feel like Barong does a really good job of that. Um, I know like Canarias, I've had some packages that kind of taste really different. Um, and that's kind of fun, too. You know, I, I, that's not like a knock against Canarias, but, you know, with Barong, you kind of know what you're getting into. You know what you're going to get when you buy a, a package of Barong Premium. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I really like Barong Premium. There is, there's a reason why it is my kind of top erva match. Um, and, and I do admit, you know, a lot of that has to do with nostalgia purposes. Because um, uh, it was kind of my first really good <laughs> Shimahong. Um, but I, I, I really do think Barong Premium kind of just does stand up on its own. as kind of one of the leading kind of best ervas that you can get you know that's that's available to you you know yeah for sure um what do you think about uh how how long do you think the flavor of barong premium lasts what how what's its a uh, quote-unquote cycle length 
for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> I would say um, up to, f- like, if you're using a, a Quia that you're using right now, mm-hmm. up to four liters, Yeah, I would say, is pretty fair. Like, it's a pretty good amount, and you'll, you'll get good flavor all the way through. I agree. Um, so interesting enough, I was actually watching um, a video of a of a certain of a certain man named Dave from a certain company. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, no, yeah, I was watching one of Dave Mate's um, videos um, from Circle of Drink today, and he was talking about cycle length and kind of what he what his kind of r- ruler is of how he gauges whether a mate is a long cycle or short cycle, and he was saying that. If you can get through an entire liter of water and the flavor is still strong, then it's a long cycled mate. And I'm like, and I was just thinking, like, he must be using really tiny gourds. I, because like, I cannot think of a single mate that, like, doesn't last through a liter. But at the same time, I use, you know, good, healthy, large sized gourds. Not like, not like enormous, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think if you look at his videos, the, the most of the gourds he uses are, are smaller Argentine styles. And right. most of the yerbas, sherbas he drinks are, are you are Argentine are are Uruguayan, mm-hmm. um, and sorry, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, with those smaller gourds, you're not really gonna get a whole you know huge cycle out of it. Like I, I've I've used like medium sized gourds with with Argentine or with Uruguayan, and they last longer because it's bigger. Yeah. So it just depends on the gourd size, and you know. Right. Yeah, I guess what you're using. Sure. Yeah, because I mean, I feel like if you're gonna drink shimahong, if you don't drink shimahong in a gourd that was designed for shimahong, especially you know with the with the size constraints and you know the with that whole thing, I feel like you're kind of doing it a disservice. You know, you if you're gonna drink shimahong in you know a little Argentine gourd and say that it doesn't last very long, that its flavor's weak. Well, yeah, that's kind of stacking <laughs> against it, right? Whereas if you drink a Barong Premium or another good Shimahong and, you know, a decent-sized Kuya with a, with the proper amount of erva. You know, if you're not... They, they have a kind of erva or a kind of Shimahong that they call it the Shinapobri, um, which is slightly offensive, but... but um, <laughs> it, Shina is kind of a, a kind of slightly tongue-in-cheek sort of offensive term for a woman um, in, in southern Brazil slang. So, you know, it's like a poor... They call it the poor woman Shimahong where you use, like, very little erva um, kind of almost in the bottom of the kuya, but if you you know just make like a, a normal traditional shimahong, and you know I don't know you the flavor lasts for for a good long while easily two three liters and yeah and, and I'm using kind of a bigger gourd so yeah you could easily get four liters but even my smaller my smaller kuyas um, I'll take shimahong to work and I'll drink two liters usually that's pretty my pretty much my average during the day and when i'm throwing away or when i'm emptying out the kuya at the end of the day throwing away the erva you know the, the the flavor's not gone it's just it's too much of a hassle to take it home because i i ride a scooter to work so you know it would be it'd be a real mess trying to take that <laughs> home um and it's it's just easier for me to just make a new match when i get home so yeah i, I don't know i really think that uh kind of in a, in a lot of kind of today's north american mate discussions i think shimahong is sold kind of short a lot of people say it's it's oh it's really weak and like oh the flavor doesn't last very long but i feel like if you do it right i think i think the flavor lasts a good long time yeah uh, i mean the flavor it could be considered weak if you're comparing it to like you know canarias but i feel like that's just not really a fair comparison it's not comparable at all (laughs) 
because <laughs> they're completely different yeah um kinds of of erva but um no like i have a i have a smaller kuya as well and occasionally i'll make a you know I'll prepare shimaho and it'll last me two liters as well yeah um i also steer uh clear of um there's a there's one brand in particular that i really don't enjoy drinking because the brand or because the flavor isn't really strong and it doesn't last long for me you're talking about shimaho Hmm? yeah is it a shimaho okay yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. and you know what brand i'm talking about Mm -hmm. yeah um but if you get something like baro or or metamach or um any like any of the other long list of ervas that you can't get here in the united (laughs) states i could i could yeah sorry which (laughs) which isn't many um even madrugada is like decent but they're yeah anyway um no if you get a a good quality shimaho the flavor is going to last you a while and you're not going to have a problem with any of that no and i don't know i mean i just think when you drink shimaho you just kind of have to think of it as something different if you're expecting kind of this you know really dark like i don't know if if you're just expecting it to taste like argentine stuff I i think i don't know maybe you should just kind of just clear your head you'd really just have to think of shimaho as just something completely different um it really is. I mean, it's the, technically the same plant. I mean, well, technically, it is the same plant. Literally the same it plant. It's the same plant, <laughs> but, you know, it's just such a different philosophy of preparation and, and you know, everything. Just so if you if you compare Barón Premium to, say, Rosamonte Especial, and you're like, oh, Barón Premium is kind of a weak-flavored mate just because it doesn't taste, you know, as kind of pungent as Rosamonte Especial... I think you're doing a disservice to Shimahong just because Shimahong kind of, you know, has different characteristics. And I don't know, it's, you, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't knock a Ferrari because it, you know, doesn't have much towing capacity or, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like you wouldn't <laughs> knock, you wouldn't knock a sports car because it doesn't have a lot of room for storage. You know what I mean? You wouldn't knock a banana for not being as uh, acidic or tart as a pineapple. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, banana is such a weak flavored fruit because uh, because it doesn't taste like pineapple, which, you know, kicks you in the face. But yeah, you know, they're both good. They both have their place. They both have their own strengths. And I mean, there are kind of weaker flavored bananas and stronger flavored bananas. I feel like you do a disservice to the banana by comparing it to something like a pineapple. <laughs> yeah. So we've, gave you, we've given you guys enough um, metaphors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To like to realize like you you just need to if you're used to any other kind of mate just you know shimaho is just different yeah it's just really different I mean and you can you can kind of make comparisons and sort of like you yeah. can say like oh these kind of share similar flavor profiles and this or that and I just I just totally. I don't know I just get kind of annoyed when people are like oh shimaho just is weak because it doesn't taste like Argentine mate and I'm like oh well I mean yeah maybe maybe there's maybe there's some reasoning behind that you know but eh, whatever <laughs> and, and and brazilians i mean if you talk to any brazilian they will absolutely never add sugar to their shimaho yeah i mean like <laughs> there, there, say, there are some weirdos I, but <laughs> yeah there's some weird 99 they won't right like it just does not make sense in in argentina you see that a lot yeah uruguay a little bit Little, mm, a little bit. Eh, uh, Uruguay kind of has the same philosophy yeah, yeah, as no, Brazil. So, yeah. Yeah, Ar- Argentina for sure. Definitely, they add a lot of sugar. So, 
I mean, it's just different. Maybe if if Argentine mate was so good, they wouldn't need to add sugar. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I don't know. I I, I just like Barang Premium a lot. It's it, it is my top number one favorite and like i said it is kind of nostalgic because you know my personal experience with barang i've kind of talked about this before but you know i i had gotten into kind of matcha for match down in brazil and i was kind of looking for a good shimahang i had a lot of friends that were gaúchos people from rio grande do sul and they were asking they're saying you know oh shimahang so great you know you've been drinking tarare but you really got to try shimahang you got to find this good herb um and i tr- and i bought all, quite a bit of herb and it was all kind of uh, from bad to okay and then finally, I, I, I met a gaucho who still drank a lot of shimaho and he was like, oh, yeah, in this supermarket, in this part of town, you can buy Barong, which is a great brand. And I went there, and they had it, and it was 10 reais for a kilo of Barong Premium. Oh, my gosh. It's like, so cheap. <laughs> you can't find Barong Premium for less than almost 20 now. It's pretty much doubled in price just for multiple reasons. We can go into that another day. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just remember buying my first um, brick of Barong Premium. They had they had all three. They had the traditional, they had the Nachivo and the p- Premium. And I, w- I just remember going there with my friend. We were in the market. We were looking. We were like, oh, which one should we get? We called my fr- my other friend who was Gaushu. And he was like, you know, if they have the Premium, you might as well get the Premium, right? It's the Premium. And we're like, yeah, might as well. And I just remember just taking it home on the bus, just like, and feeling like, oh, it's vacuum sealed. It's got to be really good. And we just took it home and we opened up the box and we pulled out the, the vacuum sealed brick and we made that first kind of incision that, and we heard that as the vacuum seal, you know, started absorbing air and we were like, whoa. And instantly just kind of this dark, almost like fresh lawn clipping smell just just penetrated the entire apartment. We were just like, wow, like this stuff's really strong. And like we opened it and just like this neon green glow coming out of it. It was, it, and drinking it, it was just like it was like night and day compared to the other shimahong i'd probably tried four other brands of shimahong before that um and none of them were vacuum sealed so that was kind of the big thing um so none of them were super fresh um a couple of those brands that i had tried were actually really good brands it's just that by the time they'd got to where i was living in brazil you know they weren't super fresh but barong because it was vacuum sealed it was so good and so fresh and it really just opened my eyes to what shimahong was kind of supposed to taste like and just based on its merits alone and kind of with that nostalgia that's why Barong Premium is still my favorite Shimahong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, I didn't try Barong Premium until uh, like two years ago. When did we start? Like, when did we start talking? Uh it was it was a it was in like two two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah, yeah, that was around the time that uh, I got my first bag of Baram premium because you're just like talking it up. And uh, <laughs> the, the first Baram I was ever introduced to was the traditional. Hope and... I didn't overhype it. <laughs> you did overhype it for me at first. <laughs> Big time. Whoops. No, because like just from what I recalled on when I was down in Brazil, a Baram traditional wasn't vacuum sealed, but it was still really fresh. And I would drink that all the time. And it was just so good. And I don't, between when I got back from Brazil and to the time when I tried Barão Premium, like a couple years had gone by and I had tried um, a few different brands of of Shimaho since then and another Mates. And I tried Barão Premium and I wasn't really impressed. I was like, okay, well, uh, it it tastes normal. Um, But then I, you know, just kind of 
dove in a little more and tried other brands and then went back to it back and forth. And now it's one of my favorite brands for sure. Um, just because it's um, just compared to other kinds of Shimaho, it's it's more consistent in, in the flavor and the, and the leaf cut. And it's always super fresh. Whenever I get it, it's really fresh. Um, so yes, that is how I became, how I came to really enjoy Baron Premium. I would love to get my hands on some more traditional and like compare it nowadays, but this, this is definitely like top three mm-hmm. by far. Yeah. The thing about like, I, I've, I've tried a lot of Shimahong, um, from you know southern brazil and the, th- the thing you know that kind of just always brings me back to barong premium is just that kind of that consistency that kind of just dark uh, it's just kind of got this sultry aroma it's just like dark yeah. and uh, it just it's almost like velvety you know mm-hmm. like the smell and just like the feel of the of the of the actual cut of the leaf it's it's just so fluffy and like fine and like a lot of other brands of Shimahong that you know they're they're good brands it's just their cut is just so i don't know just inconsistent it's just like almost feels a little rushed it, like there's a lot of kind of like broken up little bits of stick which to me just kind of throws off the look of the erva um but Barong pretty much keeps it you know really 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 tight with a really good even leaf cut and then leaf stick you know like it's very kind of very separated and very good like that whereas other brands it's kind of more just kind of mishmashed where they'll have like kind of like you said, you know, a little bit of, you know, kind of all across the board of, you know, very, very fine powder and a little bit kind of coarser grind leaves and then really kind of like solid pieces of stick all the way down to kind of like little shards of stick all in the same bag. Yeah. And it's, and it's just, just confusing. Yeah. And it's just like not, I don't know, not what I'm looking for. Yeah. But, but own premium, you know, yeah. I've tried, I've tried a lot of Shimahong in my days, but I always keep coming back to Butong. You know, it, yeah. it, it maybe it's not, you know, technically the best, you know, the best of the best of the best. But to me, it's it's my favorite. I think I think it always will be just for maybe just the nostalgia alone because it was my first really good Shimahong. But also, you know, just because it, it has, I think, the legs to stand up against almost any other match that you throw it against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, that's Baron Premium, Baron Premium. Um, and it is more or less available here in the US. Um mm-hmm. Project Mate Bar sells it. Um Metamach Utah also sells it. Um if you ever got in contact with them, they sell it. Wink wink, nudge nudge. Um, <laughs> um Go Yerba Mate used to sell it. He had it. I don't think he's gonna be stocking it anymore, unfortunately. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's more it's more available than other brands of Shimahong. Um, for example, Tertulia. You are pretty much never going to find Tertulia in an American shop, unfortunately, which is a shame because I love Tertulia. Um, Tertulia is from Santa Catarina. Um, Clark likes it a lot, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and w- I was lucky enough to have a Brazilian friend come to the U.S. and bring a few kilos. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, like, if, if you really want to get deep into other Shimahong, you either have to go down to Brazil or get Brazil to come to you, basically. Um, or just pay a buttload on shipping. Yeah, I, yeah, because there are Brazilian stores that will ship it to you um, from Brazil. But, gosh. Yeah, I mean, once you order, like, more than, like, one kilo, it's just... It, a lot it, for shipping. It stacks up quick. But anyway, yeah. But so yeah, so Barong, we're, we're reviewing Barong today just because we had done an Argentine, we had done a Uruguayan, we had done a Paraguayan. We thought, well, let's do a Brazilian, even though Shimahong still is not the easiest 
um, Mate to get in the United States. Um, Barang, I would say, is one of the easier ones to get. Shimangu is obviously the easiest erfa match to find in the U.S., but uh, I don't have any Shimangu on hand, and Clark didn't have any Shimangu on hand, so... And I didn't really want to spend 12 bucks on a kilo <laughs> that I was going to... Sp- drink once yeah so <laughs> yeah we, we i'm sure we'll review shimangu yeah i know we'll, it's we'll it's not our it. favorite shimahong yeah so spoiler alert i guess we we don't have to review it anymore hey but no we'll, we'll talk about it on another day but yeah, yeah. but we both had barong on hand so we thought hey let's get let's talk about barong it is available if you want to get it you can get it in the united states for not terribly much um and i think it's worth it um it may you know if you've never drunk shimahong you may need to buy a new bombisha. You might need to get, you know, a bomba, a, you know, round kind of, a round, uh, or a, a, a straw with a round filter, a round circular filter. Um, if you have a spring or a coil or even a slotted kind, you're going to have a whole barrel of hurt. Um, yep. So, you know, it, it does take a little bit more technique, a little more finesse, a little bit more specialized equipment, but um, I think it's worth it. Um, if you are in the UK or Europe, um, dear listener, um, I know um, Urushop sells barong. Yep. Um, Metamate in Germany sells barong. If you are in South Africa, I know that um, Yerba Mate South Africa sells barong. If you oh, are Metamate UK, Metamate UK, and they're in the UK. Yes. Um, <laughs> if you are in Lisbon, I know there is a shop down at the at the the, the Mercado Público in Lisboa. Um, that sells barong. Um, when I, at least when I was in Lisbon, they had it. So if you are in Lisbon, P- Portugal, you can go down there. Um, I'm trying to think if I saw it ever in Spain. I don't believe so. Um, I know there are some shops in Japan that carry it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Weirdly pretty, enough, <laughs> pretty much everywhere but the U.S. It's it's pretty common. Um, it's kind of I every everywhere outside of the U.S. I feel like it's the most commonly exported shimahong or imported shimahong. Yeah, and Metamate is doing a really good job of getting it. Yeah, sent around to all the different countries. Yeah, so if you're out there, you more likely than not can get Barong, and I 100% encourage you to get your hands on it. Um, give it a shot. Um, if you need some help preparing Shimahong, write us an email. Um, we can help you out. There's videos on YouTube. Um, I've made some videos on YouTube. Um, there are other videos on YouTube that are pretty helpful that are in English um, that talk about Shimahong. Um, if you speak Portuguese, well, then it makes it even easier because there's a lot of uh, other videos in Portuguese <laughs> about how to make Shimahong. Yep. Um, pois é. Um, but that's it. That's Barong Premium. Um, I like it a lot. I'm not yep. going to lie. Me too. Um, Recommended. Highly. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend it. But that, that wasn't, that wasn't, a, that wasn't an, an official ranking because we said we weren't going to do that. Yes. But um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. And I kind of like keeping it a surprise. Yeah, we'll keep you on your toes. Because uh, it makes me not have to make a decision right now. Um, so thank <laughs> you so much for listening. Um, if you are listening through iTunes, feel free to subscribe. Leave us a wonderfully honest review um helps us a lot um if you have any questions shoot us an email over at mateguys at gmail.com um we will post the show notes at our website um mate guy oh hang on it's mateguys.com is the website yes and then mateguys at gmail.com is the email but the podcast is called the mate guys i'm sorry it's a little confusing um but you can if you're listening to this i guess you already know that we post the actual podcast at mateguys.com um, if you're not an iTunes and Apple user, so you can listen to the podcast there. Um, you can leave comments there. Um, sometimes I don't remember to check the comments, quite frankly, and they get kind of lost. So it, the best way to get in contact with us is the email, mateguys at gmail.com. And uh, that's, that's a wrap. <laughs>